Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Vineyard Campbellsville online service. I'm Heather Russell, and this is Adam Russell, and we are so glad that you joined us. And so you may even want to, at this time, uh, shout out to one of your friends, say hi to somebody in the comments. We think that's been really fun to become a little more interactive since we are in such a strange time. That's right. (laughs) One of the fun things that has been happening here lately is people just... uh, joining in on the comment thread a little bit more. So if you're there, let us know. And we can jump into the scripture this morning. This is the sixth Sunday of Easter. Easter isn't just one Sunday. It's an entire season in the church calendar. Mm -hmm. And this is the sixth Sunday of Easter. And this week is a passage from the Gospel of John. In fact, we're just tacking on some more verses to the verses that we read last week. So we're still in John chapter 14. So if you have your Bible, why don't you open it up with us to John chapter 14. And I just want to read you a few verses out of John's gospel. It starts in verse 15. Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later he will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, You know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. All right, this is an amazing passage. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing passage. And really, this is a continuation of what we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. Jesus is beginning to change the scene a little bit. He's beginning, I guess you could say in some ways, to wean the disciples off of the immediate presence that they have with him. And it's about to enter into a new season of life, uh, really what we might call life of the spirit, right? Right. Jesus saying, I'm going to go away, but someone else is going to come and that's going to be the Holy Spirit, the helper, uh, the advocate. And so uh, this is a really peculiar moment and it kind of shows up in some of the language that we just read. The language of this passage right away starts to feel confusing. Maybe it's like swirling around. I'm in you, you're in me. And it might even feel a little confusing. And I think that without unpacking it right now, that it's okay to acknowledge that this language is a little weird. Yeah. And that it's a clue into what the passage is actually telling us. So just stick a pin in that. The language here is a little swirly and confusing, and that's okay. Yeah, Jesus is doing that on purpose, Mm -hmm. and it's pointing at something else. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but the big idea I think we want to communicate here is that Jesus is initiating the disciples into 
the life of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there's a couple ways that we can look at this. And I think they're actually uh, embedded in the text. Uh, There's two ways to look at this. Uh, The first key feature of what it means to have life in the Spirit is is this. Uh, It's the life of presence. Mm -hmm. Jesus says that he's going away, but someone else is coming, the Spirit, Mm -hmm. the Advocate. And then he says something very specific there. He says, he will never leave you. Yeah. So it's, it's doubling down on this idea that not only is the Spirit going to be with us, mm-hmm. not only is uh, the Spirit going to be near us, but He's A, never going to leave. But then Jesus goes one step beyond and says, He won't just be with you, but He'll be in you. Right. So the idea of presence is huge here. So last week we talked a lot about Jesus setting the stage for him leaving and kind of preparing the disciples, uh, preparing their minds a little in that way. And now he's doing this again by saying, um, I'm not gonna be here, but you will still have presence. And he's really doubling down on um, how intense that presence is. It's yeah. not just, you're, I'm around you, like he's around them now, but that he's actually in them. Yeah, and that they're gonna be in him. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where that swirling language comes back in, right? Right. So that language that we read where Jesus seems to be talking in a circle, Mm -hmm. and I just want to say Jesus is talking in a circle. Yes. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the advocate. He's not going to just be with you. He's going to be in you. And not only that, but but, uh, I'll be in you, and you'll be in me, and I'll be in the Father Yeah, so this um, enmeshment, entanglement language is pointing to the fact that he is so close to us and cannot be separated and we will not be alone. And there is no way to distinguish uh, where we end and he begins because he dwells within us. That's right. One of the the ways to really understand Mm -hmm. your discipleship to Jesus is the growing awareness Mm -hmm. that God is not just with me, but that he's in me, or a growing awareness of the nearness of God. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, one of the things that happens as we become, hopefully, further in our walks with Jesus is we begin to move deeper and deeper into the realization, not just here, but into the experience Mm -hmm. of uh, God is near to me. Yeah, this is a place where it's kind of made very clear that we can't compartmentalize our uh, relationship with Jesus. It can't live here and then the rest of our life is here, but it's all intertwined. That's right. I think that's actually one of the key features to making a distinction between with and inside, right? right? right. Because if the Spirit is with us, well, that means one thing. That feels good. It is good. But if the spirit is inside us, and if somehow we are hidden in God, that's another part of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. If, if we are in the Father, as Jesus is saying, and if he is in us, then that thing you said just a moment ago is actually true mm-hmm. and is very important. We can no longer compartmentalize our, um, our discipleship. Mm-hmm. We can no longer compartmentalize our life in God. It can't just be, well, I have this one part of my life it's over here, it's, it's with God, yeah. you know? And then I have this other part of my life that is not with God right. or where I do whatever it is that I'm going to do and God is maybe further away. Mm-hmm. So something about life in the spirit that Jesus is laying out for these disciples means that you have one life 
and this life is you and God together. That's right. And no matter whether we're doing good or bad, we have one life. Yes. Uh, no matter whether we're uh, maybe succeeding in following Jesus or it, maybe it feels like we're failing in following Jesus, mm -hmm. we can't compartmentalize that. Mm -hmm. We just have a life with Jesus. Yes. Yeah, okay. That leads us into the next part, the part where this passage began, which is when Jesus was talking about uh, if you love me, you'll obey my commands, right? Mm -hmm. And right up front, uh, this is part of what it means to have a life in the spirit, right. to obey the commands of Jesus, to love Jesus. And right up front, there's a couple words in there we just kind of don't love. Yeah, like obey. <laughs> and command. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, A, I don't love the word obey, and B, I don't like to be told what to do. But the first part feels so cozy and snuggly. Oh, God is with us and yeah. presence, and we're never alone. And then we hear obey and commands. We and hear, yeah. It feels like maybe this is a sharp contrast, but actually these are one and the same. Yeah, they are. They're the, they're, they, they live together closely. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think we need to do if we're going to unpack uh, life in the spirit, uh, life in the spirit is not just with God, but in God and in us. And then also, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. We have to ask ourselves, well, what are the commands of Jesus? Right, and he lays that out. We've been talking um, the past few weeks about things that he's been telling his disciples. But essentially, Jesus is saying, you must love each other. That's you it. You have to love other people. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, if you read the passage that we're looking at right now, if you have your Bibles open at home, or maybe later you'll open up your Bible to John chapter 14, one of the things you'll notice is that John chapter 14, it's not just a standalone chapter. It's not like it just, it happens on its own. Yeah. But John chapter 14 is connected to John chapter 13 and 15. It's all one long. It's piece. all one long moment. So this begins in John chapter 13, which mm -hmm. is uh, when Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples. Mm -hmm. And in John chapter 13, he washes the feet of his disciples. And I think we can pull it up now. In John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Yeah. You know, so what, when, when in John chapter 14, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. What is the command he's talking about? Well, we see right here, he was commanding to love each other. To love each other. And he was demonstrating this love by serving. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, who was he serving? His friends, the disciples. And who else? <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a trick I feel question. Like this is a test. This is not a test. <laughs> Tell me, give me a hint. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say Judas. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? Sure. So Jesus is washing the feet of all of his disciples. Even. Even Judas. Yeah. And so he's, he's proving that his love is not just for those who are for him. Right. But the love of Jesus is for those who are against him. Yes. And we also see this very same idea in John chapter 15. So Bobby, if we can put that up. This is uh, in the same moment, uh, Jesus just keeps digging in on this idea. He says to the disciples, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way that I've loved you. Mm -hmm. and, and how has he loved the disciples? Unconditionally, by serving them. On his hands and knees. Yeah, by Washing talking. their feet, mm -hmm. you know? So what does it mean to have a life in the spirit? Well, apparently it means to love other people. Yes, it means that we have the presence of the spirit, mm -hmm. not just around us, but inside of us. Uh, it means that we can't comp compartmentalize our life, mm -hmm. but then it means to have the life of the spirit, it means that we love each other. Yeah. But the cool thing is, we're not asked to just figure out how to love each other all on our own. 
No. That's the beautiful part of the spirit dwelling within us is that the spirit helps us to be able to accomplish this commandment. That's right. I think it's one of the reasons that Jesus talks about these two ideas back to back. Mm -hmm. So he begins this section that we read with, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm gonna give you a helper advocate. Uh, the helper advocate to do what? To, to love, love each people. other. Apparently we need some help. Yeah, Here, here's the point. Uh, church, I really want you to know this. Like, how do we know that we're disciples? Well, we'll know that we're disciples of Jesus by our love. Mm -hmm. But how will we love? By the Spirit. Like, we actually need the help of the Spirit to do this. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't properly love people in your own strength. Right. And, it only comes by the Spirit. And then when we um, engage and begin to love each other, the cool thing is then we begin to experience the love of the Father for ourselves. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something circular there. I mean, you could go back this evening or even this week and read that section in John chapter 14 again, especially where Jesus gets really circular and things seem to be like swirling around uh, about him and the Father and him and you and you and me and all this stuff. And one of the things that you'll notice is uh, there's something circular to it. Like if I'm aware of the fact that I'm loved by the Father, it should produce in me a love for my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And not just the neighbors who love me, but all my neighbors, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But if I love my neighbors, it should awaken in me uh, more of a realization that I'm loved by God. And why is that? Because God lives in my neighbor. That's right. Right, like if we're, if we're talking about how, how God has come to the world, I mean, in Acts chapter two, when the disciples received the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up and says, well, this is, this is the gift that was promised, mm -hmm. that, that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh, that, that, he, would, that he would give the spirit to the, to the whole world, you know? And so is it just like some insider secret language or insider secret club, but God has, not, he has poured out his spirit on the whole world. Uh, all humans have the image of God, and so to, to love my neighbor is one way that I can love God who lives inside of them and then also experience the love of God as well. Right, and to bring this like a little more down to a day-to-day -day experience, um, a couple weeks ago, I know of a group of women here at the church who knew that there was another person at the church who was injured and couldn't get to do her yard work. And so they took it upon themselves out of love to go and help this person and to work in her yard and to just serve and love. And the coolest thing happened. Hang on, hang on just a second. Okay. But we, we need to break this down even more, yeah. even more practically, you yeah, know? Yeah. Pulling weeds. Yeah, love, it doesn't have to be super flashy. <laughs> fixing fences. Sometimes it's serving. Trips to Lowe's. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, dirty hands. Sweaty faces. Mm -hmm. Just hard work. Yeah, but right? in that moment of showing love to a neighbor, to showing love to someone, um, I have talked to all of these women and they were experiencing the love of the Father in that moment. Just by pouring out love to someone else, they in turn experience the love of Father in their own life. And this is a sign that the Spirit is at work. Yeah. This is how you know. This is how you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it also reminded us of something that you and I have experienced before. Yeah. We, we were talking earlier this afternoon when we were just sort of prepping this. We were talking about how 
a lot of people have gone on like short-term missions trips. Sure, and like short-term mission trips, especially like if you're in middle school and high school, um, sometimes they get a bad rap for being cheesy or something, or maybe you don't accomplish a whole lot, but sometimes you do. Mm -hmm. But I would just like to say that if you've ever been on one of these trips or talked to someone who's done a short-term mission trip where you pack up for a week, you go off to a strange land, uh, whether it's here or another country, and you just serve and love people that you don't know, without fail, everyone comes home and says, well, I went to help and I ended up getting blessed. That's right. Because it's in that moment of loving and serving other people, that's where we encounter the, the love of the Father for us. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were kind of laughing about it. Anyone who's ever been on some sort of a, a, a mission trip or something where they were going to bless the other people, mm -hmm. Like the most prototypical testimony, if you want to say it that way, yeah. is, well, I went, I went to bless someone, mm -hmm. but I feel like I got more of a blessing. Yeah, and it's, it's not cheesy and it's not fake. Like that is, that's real. That's the real deal. That's life in the spirit. That's life in the spirit. Uh, it mm -hmm. is that when we turn ourselves to serve and bless mm -hmm. other people, uh, we encounter the love of the Father. And isn't that just like... Um, God and his kingdom, that when we pour out, we end up being more full. That's right. Like that's the upside down kingdom if I've ever heard of it. That's it. Yeah. Well, what are our takeaways? We, mm. we wrote down a few takeaways mm -hmm. this morning. Some things that we should maybe think about, mm -hmm. especially as it relates to being a disciple of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we can just go back and forth here for sure. a second. Is that okay? Sure. First takeaway uh, that you and I talked about earlier was this, uh, that being a disciple of Jesus it has to mean something. Yeah, like being a disciple of Jesus and having life in the spirit has to look different. It does. Than not walking with Jesus. Yeah. Like it just can't be a secret that you hold in the back of your mind. Oh, I'm a believer of Jesus, but your life looks no different. Yeah. Like it can't. It, it can't just be a box that I checked somewhere. But it, but it never comes out into the world. Mm -hmm. Again, it's that idea of I can't have this compartmentalized life, can I? Yeah. yeah. Uh, being a disciple of Jesus, I think that's what he's trying to say to his own disciples mm -hmm. here, is it has to mean something. And the number one thing it has to mean is, is that we love other people, yeah. which the second takeaway that we, that we put down is uh, really, really simple. Uh, it means that we can't hate anyone. Mm -hmm. But Adam. Yes. We can hate people who we don't agree with, right? Yeah, I, I, that, that's the thing. We wrote this down so simply. We wrote, we can't hate anyone. And uh, it's just funny that we had to write it so directly mm -hmm. and... Anyone. Yes, <laughs> and, and so simply yeah. because we're living in these really weird polarized moments, aren't we? Like our yeah. own country is getting more and more polarized. Mm -hmm. The haves and the have-nots the right and the left, uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, uh, the believers and the unbelievers, the nice people, the mean people. Yeah. We just keep moving further and further apart. And even Christians, yeah, even Christians are becoming people who are regularly the sources of uh, vitriol and, and hate mm -hmm. and hateful speech and unkind words mm -hmm. and terrible things that get posted on the internet, yeah, and right? it's not coming out of nowhere. Like we have voices with big platforms who are encouraging us that it's okay to hate certain people. That's right. 
like, oh, if you're a Christian, it's okay to hate this person because they don't value life in the same way that we do, or this person because they don't believe X, Y, and Z. But if we look at the words of Jesus, and if we look at the life in the spirit, um, we are called to love. That's it. And, I, and part of what that means is we can't hate anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So what does it mean to have the actual life of the spirit? It means that we're going to, that we're going to love not just the people who agree with us, but we're going to love the people who disagree with us. And just like Jesus washed Judas's feet. That's right. Yeah. There is no line for who we are called like to love and not to love. We're just called to love. And Jesus didn't wash uh, John's feet more than he washed Judas's feet. Mm. It wasn't like he gave Judas a second rate version either, you know, right. and he didn't do it begrudgingly. Mm. Uh, but there's something more there. Yeah. It, it, it means uh, not hating anyone. I just love what you said ago. Uh, it means that we love people even that we, that we disagree with. And maybe if I were to flip that back around, uh, this also means we can disagree with people and still love them. Mm. And that's huge. Right now, you wouldn't think, but this would be such a radical idea. But right now that statement that you can disagree with someone and still love them feels like it's a radical statement. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, I know that in the last, in the last few weeks, I mean, this is always true, but I know that in the last few weeks, my social media has gotten so weird, right? And look, I get it. We're living in really strange times. Uh, we are living in quarantine days. Uh, governments and governors and mayors and senators and congressmen, they're trying to figure out how to run the country and keep people safe. And, and there's a lot to disagree about. There's a lot to disagree about. But I've been, I've been really shocked by people that I know, that I know who say they're Christians, yeah. who have put terrible things on the internet about other people that we know are Christians. Yeah, and so it might be a nice litmus test mm -hmm. to if there is an area that you're feeling no love in, yeah. that you're feeling low in love, yeah. like that might be an area that you need to ask the Spirit to help you. I mean, the Spirit is given to us to, to be help. our helper, to that's help right. us love. It, it's gonna be difficult. Yeah, that's Jesus right. knew that. Yeah. But we have this helper. And so maybe it's time to take, take stock a little bit and just say, oh, man, what are those areas in which I don't see a person as a person, but I see them as an enemy? Mm -hmm. And how can I love them? Well, only through the power of the Holy Spirit sometimes. That's right. Mm -hmm. Takeaways. Number one, being a disciple has to mean something. Number two, we can't hate anyone. Number three, you just mentioned it there. Oh, what do we do if we're low on love? We have, mm -hmm. to, get, we have to get reconnected to the love of the Father, don't we? <laughs> we yeah, do. uh, there's another place in the New Testament where it says, uh, we love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. it, again, it's that same circular thing, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling low on love, it might mean, it might mean that I'm not connected with the love of God for me. Right. Yeah, and, and then, you know, just real practically, like how do I get reconnected to the love of God for me? Well, like you were saying a moment ago, uh, we can ask the spirit to help us. He wants to help us, especially with that. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm just being really, really practical, uh, reconnecting to things that make my heart come alive mm -hmm. is, is oftentimes really good. Like just listening to worship music, it, it changes my heart. Yeah. Like uh, there's this thing in worship where, I mean, the essence of worship is to say to God, you are God and I love you, right? Yeah. But God never leaves it there. He always, 
if we'll just stop for a moment, he always comes back to say, uh, you are my child and I love you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if we're feeling low on love for others. We can kickstart the cycle. We can do, there are things we can do. There are ways yeah. to re-engage. And I have found that oftentimes thankfulness is something that will kickstart that cycle for me. If I'll just take a minute and I will um, begin to recount the ways that the Lord's been good to me, yeah. even if it's a small way. Uh, it'll begin to grow and grow. And that thankfulness turns to worship and that worship uh, shows love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there was another thing that I put here in takeaways. Uh, I put down Mm. compassion fatigue. That was just a... um, That's a good term. That was a a phrase that popped in my mind while we were were reading this passage. And Mm. I, I think what I'm trying to say by compassion fatigue is... Just the idea, uh, there's a thing that sometimes happens when we help, mm-hmm. when we help and help and help and help and help. Mm-hmm. Like if we love others and love others and love others, but we're not also making space to be loved, mm-hmm. uh, to be um, loved by others or to be, to be loved by God, mm-hmm. that, that one of the things that can set in is something that maybe we might call compassion fatigue. Mm, that's true. So, so maybe, maybe you're a part of our church and maybe you're, disposition is that you're a helper, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe you help and help and help and help and help, but you haven't allowed people to help you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you haven't done just some really basic things of staying connected to God. Uh, maybe you just haven't read your Bible in a while, or maybe you haven't been much of a worshiper in a while. And the only thing that can come from that is, is, is maybe just a lower capacity you know, yeah. uh, and, and compassion fatigue. And, and that doesn't mean that you have less of God. No, he's not just with you, he's in you. But one of the things I've noticed is sometimes when I help and help and help and help and help and help and I don't do the receiving part, yeah. um, sometimes my awareness of God's love for me goes down. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm guilty of that big time. I like to help and do and do and do. And it's harder for me to sit still. But if I will take a moment and sit still and quiet myself. Um, the Lord's always speaking. Like yeah. he's, he's always there um, showing love if I will just receive it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the last thing I wanted to say here before we sort of wrap up is the exact opposite, right? Mm-hmm. One, way, one way into the love of God mm-hmm. is to love others. Yeah, well, we, got another, we have another picture of that circle here. Yeah. So like... We can love others, we can love God, and they just lead into each other. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes if you're having a hard time like connecting to the love of God, maybe it's time to love others. Yeah. Um, I, here, here's one of the things I've noticed about people. And I, think, I think this is a generalization, but I think it's fairly true. I think most of us uh, usually split one of two ways. We, there's, a, there's a portion of us that maybe have an easier time loving others. Mm-hmm. And then there's another portion of us that have an easier time of loving God, and, and maybe we need to train all of our muscles, yeah. if that makes sense. It does. Because it's made to go together. The life of the Spirit mm-hmm. is uh, that we would obey the commands of Jesus to love each other, and He wants to help us. And He doesn't want to just mm-hmm. do it from the outside as an external, but He wants to do it from the inside. inside. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, I think you got it. That's good. Okay. High fives. High fives. Hey, church. So here's what we want to do this morning. Uh, we just want to pray. 
We want to pray that God would make us disciples who are actually different. Yeah. Here's my prayer. My prayer for our church is that we would be known in Campbellsville mm-hmm. as the church that actually loves people. Yeah. And as we, after we pray and as we go into our last song, why don't you just um, maybe let your mind wander a bit. Ask the Lord to show you a time maybe that you served someone and ended up meeting the love of God in that moment, or maybe a time that someone served you and you met the love of God in that moment. And why don't you add that down to the comments? Tell us your story. Uh, Those have been such a blessing to so many people in our church as they watch the stream and feel like they can interact and read right along with what other people are sharing. I think it's a really great thing. That's a great idea. So yeah, this morning, Mm -hmm. if you have a moment that comes to mind where you love someone and then it reawakened mm-hmm. uh, the love of God in your own life, put that down. Or if someone ever cared for you like mm-hmm. deeply and, and you felt not just care from that person, but somehow care from God, why don't you tell that story in mm-hmm. just a few lines? That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's pray together. If you're with your family or with your, if you're alone, doesn't matter. If you're in your kitchen or if you're in your living room, that doesn't matter either. Why don't you just put your hands out like this? That's what we do here at the Vineyard sometimes. And uh, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, uh, you're not just with us, but you're in us. Would you wake us up and show us? And Holy Spirit, you're not just in us uh, in a benign way, but you are in us to accomplish the purposes of God in the world. And, and those purposes we know are to love people. God, would you, would you remove from us the delusional thinking that says that we get to hate some people? Or God, would you, would you remove from us the delusional thinking that says uh, that love has to be based on agreement? Would you remove from us the, the harsh words, uh, the unkind attitudes, the, the ultra critical spirit that comes on us about people who are either different than us or people who disagree with us or maybe even people who fundamentally oppose us. And God, would you give us the love of Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you give us the love of Jesus? Would, would the vineyard in Campbellsville really, really be a place where we actually love everyone? God, would you show us how to do that? God, would you show us how to wash the feet of our community? Uh, The people who love us, the people who are nice to us, the people who are kind to us, but God, then also the people who oppose us. Would you show us? We pray this in the name of Jesus, who washed the feet of John and Judas. Amen. 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 Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.